All right, once again, it is so good to be with you. Hey, we're going to start with going through the scripture for today. Uh, so join me if you will. I think it's on your screen. It says this. It says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters a gate, enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate, and whoever enters through me will be saved, or, or kept safe is another way of saying that. They will come in and go out to find pasture, and the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come, this is Jesus speaking, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. Again, Jesus speaking. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay down my life. On my own accord, I have the authority to lay it down, the authority to take it up again. This is the command I have received from my Father. God in heaven, I pray that you would speak today, that it would be your words, not mine, and that you would meet each of us where we're at. It's in Jesus' precious name we ask it, and we pray it. Amen. Have you ever heard someone use the phrase, I'm living my best life? Or maybe it's something along that line, living my best life, something along that line. Uh, there's a couple of musicians, one of them being Snoop Dogg on the rap and hip-hop side, another one being Dylan Scott on the countryside, who I have no idea who Dylan Scott is, but, but he actually made an album called Living My Best Life. Snoop Dogg has a song called living my best life, or something along that line. It's popular across all sorts of different genres. We all want to live our best lives, and the truth is, in a crowd this size, I would guess that some of you would say that you are, in fact, living your best lives. Others of you would be saying that you're working towards living your best life, and still others of you might say you are simply trying to survive the current life you are living. But it's not close to what you would imagine or would hope that best life could have been. 
Now, I'm not sure where you stand on this whole spectrum of living your best life, but Jesus actually says that he came so that we could live our best lives, so that we could live our lives and live them to the fullest. In fact, God desires for us to live our best lives for him and in his way. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm jumping towards the end of the message. So let's go back and take a little bit a little bit of a look at the reading from today. Now as a brief overview, Jesus is the one talking here. And he's comparing himself to the shepherd. And he comes out in verse uh, verse 14 and he tells us that not only is he the shepherd, but he's a good shepherd. And this illustration of shepherd would have been a very familiar one at this time and, and in this time frame in which Jesus is using it. Now, we're in a rural community, for sure, but there aren't a whole lot of shepherds around us. And we aren't near as familiar with, uh, with shepherding as this crowd in Jesus' day was. They would have been very familiar because of all of the, the shepherds around them. They would have known how, how the shepherds took care of sheep, making sure that they had food and water was part of it for sure, but also protecting them at night from wild animals or thieves or, or any of the other things that might try to get them and might pose a risk to their lives. Now, Jesus in this passage is specifically speaking to a group of Pharisees, which was a, a religious group of people. And since these were a religious group of Jews, they would have been very familiar most likely with, with what we know as the Old Testament today. They didn't call it the Old Testament, but what we know as the Old Testament. And they would have heard that metaphor of shepherd used many times before. In the Old Testament, we see times when the religious leaders and the political leaders were referenced as shepherds of God's people. This religious group of Pharisees would have, would have known and would have been familiar with those texts for sure. They would also have known that that God himself is referred to as the shepherd of his chosen people. In fact, you may or may not, but if, if you've been in the church, and honestly, even if you haven't, you might have heard Psalm 23 where, where we're told, the Lord is my shepherd. God is referred to as a shepherd. So as you can see, Jesus is using a metaphor that these religious people would have been familiar with. They may not have liked what Jesus was saying about himself, but they would have been familiar with the metaphor and the symbolism that went with it. And as Jesus is teaching and as he's talking about himself as the good shepherd, he says that he goes ahead of them. Now let me go on a quick rabbit trail here and just say that if Jesus is God, and if Jesus truly was the best leader to have ever walked the planet, to have ever led, and he is leading from the front, showing the way to go, there is probably something here for those of you who are in leadership. If you are constantly telling people what to do and pushing them from behind, but not modeling it for yourself, uh, for, for them by yourself, by your actions, if you are pushing them to do what you want them to do, there is probably a more effective way to lead. But that isn't the point of this message, uh, so let's save that for a, a leadership talk at some other point and jump to the end of that verse where it says, and the sheep follow because they know his voice. 
Now, personally, I didn't grow up around sheep, but I did grow up around cattle, primarily dairy cattle. Now, I'm showing my age a little bit, but we had a small, like, 56 or 54 head dairy when I was young. And I doubt that there's anybody today that would even try having a farm that was that small, but, but Dad's farm had about 56 milking cow. Plus, there was heifers and occasionally calves, but you get the idea. And these cows, sometimes like that family pet, sometimes like that dog, um, they, they would recognize their owner's voice. You see, Dad would go down to the barn, and he would call for them from the barn, and they would come running to him because they knew his voice, and they knew that they wanted to be in that barn where they were going to get fed and where they were going to be milked. Now, Jesus is comparing us to these animals and how they know the shepherd or the farmer's voice. They hear him, and they follow him. These animals were, were around their keepers much of the day, if not all of the day, and they were very familiar with what the shepherd sounded like. Do you ever find yourself wondering what God is trying to tell you? Or maybe you wonder what he would want you to do. Maybe you find yourself asking or, or thinking, God, what do I do? It could be due to a great opportunity. You're trying to decide between this great thing or that great thing. In other cases, it may be during a hard situation that you're going through and you're just trying to find a way out and you're like, God, what do I do? And still other times you may, may be going through something that's going well, but you just want to make sure that you're going on that path that's best for your life. Okay, God, what's next? If you ever find yourself wondering what the shepherd, what God would have you to do or to know, you're not alone. It's actually uh, not uncommon for myself or any other pastor to hear that question. Or actually probably any other person to hear that question. To hear God and know what he would want you to do, you have to spend time with him. The sheep in Jesus' story or the cattle on my dad's farm followed because they knew the one who was calling them. They recognized his voice. How much time are you spending with Jesus? On a daily or weekly basis, how much time are you spending in your Bible or in prayer? If we want to know the shepherd's voice, we have to spend time listening to him. We're told to be in constant communication with him. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 tells us that we need to pray continuously. And if the Bible is truly God's word, if it's truly what God has to say to us, why wouldn't we spend more time listening to what God has to say to us from his word? Those of you who are, are part of the Rescue Church um, and have been coming or have been attending or have been connected for any period of time are probably sick of me saying it, but there are absolutely no good excuses for not spending at least some time in your Bible on a regular basis. There's absolutely no reason that you shouldn't spend some time hearing God's word. We are blessed to live in the time we live in. There are numerous versions of the Bible to make it easier to understand, and the print Bibles are easy to come by. In fact, if you need one, let me know. Reach out to us, uh, office at therescuechurch.com, and we will get you one. They're readily available. But for many of you, the best option might be right on your phone or on your tablet. 
The, the YouVersion Bible app is a great resource, and it's on your phone, your smartphone, that you likely have with you almost all of your day. And there are numerous Bible studies in your, in your iPhone, in your YouVersion Bible app that you can do, and there's a variety of different versions that you can look to or listen to or read. You can listen to them while you're mowing the lawn. You can listen to them while you're driving your kids to sports, going to work, or doing housework. Now, one of the hardest times for me to make time, I hate that make time, to take time for my Bible reading when my, was when my kids were young. And it was in this season that I discovered the Bible in audio form. And I listened to James Earl Jones. I listened to Darth Vader read the Bible to me on CD on my way to work. There are numerous ways that you can find time, even a little time, to listen to God speak through his word. His sheep know his voice. Get to know his voice. But it's not only about knowing his voice and not only about knowing the shepherd. I have some mentors that I've learned from in the past and that I'm learning from currently. But they don't even know who I am. They don't even know I exist. There isn't a relationship there. I'm buying their books. I'm listening to their podcasts. I'm checking out what they had to say at conferences. They're adding value to my life for sure. But it really isn't a relationship. You see, I, I, unless you call this a relationship, I, I give them money. And then they give me information. I guess it is a, a consumeristic relationship of sorts. Now, currently, a couple people I'm learning from. Uh, one of them is Bob Goff, a, a retired attorney who's doing all sorts of crazy things. And then a guy by the name of Eugene Peterson who passed away a few years ago but was a Presbyterian pastor. Some of you may never have heard of them, and I can tell you I have never spoken to either of them. They have no idea who I am. And in fact, like I said, Peterson passed away a couple of years back. But this isn't the type of relationship Jesus is calling us to. It's true that we need to listen and that we need to learn But it doesn't end there. This isn't just a head knowledge sort of thing. Jesus says that he knows his sheep. And Jesus just doesn't know who you are. It's not just about knowing that you exist. He knows us intimately. He knows details that no one else would know. In Luke 12, 7, we learn that he has numbered every hair on our heads. Now, for some of us, that's probably easier to do than for others. But even for those of you who have a lot more hair than I do, let me just say, I grew up most of my life, grew up and have spent most of my adult life with people with long hair in my house. And I have had to clean those drains with all of that hair in them. So I know that even if you have a lot of hair, you're still losing your hair regularly and it's changing and keeping track of the amount of hair on anyone's head is no small feat. But it's about far more than hair. In Jeremiah 1.5, he tells Jeremiah that he knew Jeremiah even before Jeremiah was ever born. In fact, before Jeremiah was born, God had a plan and he had a purpose for Jeremiah's life. And just like Jeremiah, God has known you since before you were born. He has had a plan for your life before you were born. We started out today talking about living our best lives. Jesus told us in John 10.10 that he comes so that we could have life. And that we could live life to the fullest. 
He desires for us to live our best lives. Unfortunately, though, you and I sometimes think we know best. And we don't even take the time to listen to the one who knows us intimately and deeply. We don't take time to listen to the one who knew us before we were born and the one who created us on purpose and for a purpose. And sometimes it's simply because we're too busy to take time and listen. Yet other times, if we're honest, it's because we think we know best. We may not have actually even taken the time to process the thought this way, but, but we think we know better than what our good shepherd knows. We don't need to take time and listen. So how are you doing at following Jesus? Have you started listening to the shepherd and getting to know him more? How are you doing at following him? Jesus says that the sheep follow because they hear his voice. Sheep follow because they hear his voice. He isn't making you or I obey him. We have to choose to follow him. This starts with accepting his free gift of forgiveness from sin through Jesus. And while this is the biggest part, it is only the beginning. We live in a time of grace, mercy, and freedom as God's children. We are no longer forced to do all of the sacrifices and ceremonies that we find in the Old Covenant that's in the Old Testament. But let's not mistake this freedom as a time to do whatever we want. Let's not mistake this as a freedom to do what we want, when we want, and how we want, with little or no regard for what the Good Shepherd is leading us towards. Jesus modeled for us what it looks like to live a life loving God and loving others. He teaches us about living in unity as Christians. We learn about forgiveness and working through conflict. We are challenged to care for those who are in need. He tells us not to focus on making money and getting rich, but also tells us to work so that we have what we need so that we can help provide for others. Do you want to live your best life? I know I do. And Jesus says that he has come so that we can have it. We can have that best life. He says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. That's the type of life that I want to live. I want to live a full life and an abundant life. I want to live a life where everything works out for good, like we read in Romans 8.28. I want to live a life where I'm forgiven from all of the things that I've done that I should not have done, but I did anyway. I want to live my best life, and I'm guessing that you want to live your best life too. And it starts with knowing Jesus intimately and connecting with him deeply. In John 14, 6, he says that he is the one and the only way to have a relationship with God. He says, I am the way. He doesn't say, I am a way. He says, I am the way. In the Greek, the word that we translate the is a demonstrative pronoun. It points us to a specific thing. Jesus is the one and only way to have a relationship with God in heaven. 
and it's accepting the gift of forgiveness that he made possible on that cross 2,000 years ago that we can have a relationship with him. That is the way and the only way But that's just the start of the relationship. It continues as we spend time with him and as we get to know him intimately and deeply. But it it doesn't end with just just knowing him deeply. it's, It's truly knowing him and living in relationship. And that relationship leads us to follow him and to apply what he teaches God desires us to live our best lives. And he desires us to live those lives for him and in his way. Thank you, God, for an opportunity to look at your word. Thank you for the fact that you want us to live our best lives. That you want us to experience life to the fullest. Not just a surfacey life, but a life that goes deeper. Thank you, God, that you've called us into intimate, personal relationship with you, the God of the universe, a universe bigger than we can even fathom, a bigger universe than we can even see the ends of or that we even know all the details of. That God who created all of that, that creator God, wants to have a relationship with little old me. God, thank you for that. I pray that that we as a people... Would, would truly seek to know you more. Not just know about you because we, we read and we know about what your word says, but that we would truly know you through your word. That we would connect with you. That we would hear your voice. That we would listen. That we would follow. God, help us. Help me to know you more. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this recent message from the Rescue Church. We pray that God will use this message to encourage, challenge, and inspire you in your faith journey. To hear our messages live, head to one of our physical campuses. If you'd like to learn more about the Rescue Church, please visit us online at therescuechurch.com or email us at office at therescuechurch.com.